In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel. What's up? This is DBE, and I'm your host, Stevie G. I hope everyone is doing well this week. If you're a fan of the show, welcome to another episode. And if you're a new listener, Welcome to the classroom because Destinations Beyond Expectations is a podcast designed for students of travel. Go check out DBE on social media. The podcast is on Facebook and Instagram. And go check out www.dbetravel.com to view the entire library of episodes along with some blogs and a link to support the show through Patreon. I have a great guest this week, but really quick before we get to this week's interview, how would you like to try Amazon Prime free for 30 days? Check the show notes for this episode and you will find a link to try Prime free for 30 days. If after the 30 days you don't like it, feel free to cancel at any time. One more quick mention here. If you have ever thought about getting into podcasting, consider Buzzsprout. I use Buzzsprout to host Destinations Beyond Expectations, and I truly love it. It's so easy to get your podcast started, and the Buzzsprout team is there to help your podcast be successful. Along with a 30-day free Amazon Prime link, you will also find a link to sign up for Buzzsprout in the show notes. Signing up for Buzzsprout through that link not only supports this show, but you will also receive a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. Lots of Amazon in today's opening, but I truly appreciate you listening and supporting the show. My guest this week is Alex Collins. Alex is, of course, somebody who loves travel, but it wasn't always really a part of her life growing up until her family participated in an exchange program where they took in a few students from other countries. After seeing how the exchange students her family took in really embraced being in a new country, she took her first major trip with a company called EF. Alex has been hooked on seeing the world ever since, and now she actually leads groups for EF. I hope you enjoy our talk. Here is my interview with Alex. Hey, Alex. Welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out. Hello, thank you for having me. So where in the globe are you right now? Um, Gainesville, Virginia. I'm about, uh, I'm in Prince William County, and I'm about 45 minutes outside of D.C. Cool. So obviously, um, COVID is a super big thing right now that's affecting everybody across the globe. Um, how are things, I guess, in, in that, in your area, not too far from D.C.? So being close to D.C., we're still pretty packed here. We've got, um, you know, a lot of people in a small area and it's not as strict as I would think it would be. Um, I think our numbers are starting to go down as far as I know. But I mean, we're starting school back virtually and I'm a teacher. So that's a big change for the kids around here. Um, I know that our traffic patterns on the news have still been very nice because a lot of people are still working from home. Um, so it's, we're starting to go back to normal and there aren't so many restrictions as to restaurants and shopping anymore, but it's still definitely not where we were before COVID happened. Of course. And, and you touched on that you were, you're a teacher. Um, how does that look? I know it's different Mm -hmm. for a lot of teachers across the country and it's a, 
very new thing for everyone, but specifically for teachers now that school's starting up. Talk to me a little bit about how school is going so far with COVID. And really quick, Alex and I did this interview a couple of weeks ago. So the school year is still new, but in D.C. they are currently a couple weeks in. So we just started back this week, just the teachers. They actually pushed back the start date for students. Um, And teachers have the same question that you do with how's this going to look? Because this is just a whole new ballgame for us. Uh, We've been on the computer all day staring at screens and we're trying to figure out how to make things work. Uh, Especially I teach seven-year-old kids, so we're trying to figure out how we're going to gear all of our instruction to meet the needs of kids who don't even know how to right-click when they're using a laptop. So it's been slow and we have a lot of questions, but it'll it'll all come together in the end because it always does. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've spoken to a few teachers um, in different places, and the, the, res- the feeling that I get back is the word uncertainty. Like, it's just what, like, we don't, you guys maybe don't really know what it's going to look like in the end. I mean, would you agree uncertainty? Is that a good word to associate it with? Absolutely. That is the theme of our, of our year so far. <laughs> All the questions. Yeah. Now, beyond being a teacher, you are somebody who, you're on this podcast, so you love travel. Yes, absolutely. I love travel so much. How did, where did that start? Where did you get the love to travel? I actually didn't start traveling probably until, I would say my first big international trip was freshman year of college. Um, Growing up, I was fortunate enough to go on cruises with my family and kind of leave the United States, but stay close, you know, Bahamas, Jamaica and tropical places. But I never actually left the country to go like far to another continent until my freshman year of college. Um, But prior to that, uh, I hosted exchange students. So we had um, welcomed one student into my home for an entire year. And we've had a total of three. So I had two what I call brothers from Germany and one from Italy. And that was where I started to become more culturally aware of how different life was in different areas of the world. Was that your biggest takeaway from your first uh, exchange experience that you just became more aware of different cultures? Or, I mean, maybe touch, touch on some of the things that you learned through your first time being a part of that um, experience. Yeah, so it was super cool picking our first exchange student up from the airport. We had no clue what to expect. Um, His name was Christoph, and he was from Germany. Um, In the car, like on the way home, he was exhausted because he was, you know, experiencing jet lag, and we're asking him millions of questions because we just want to know all of these things. And as he lived with us longer, he got more comfortable and we got to know his family. He brought us um, German chocolates that now we can get them in the stores here. But at the time, we couldn't. All of the Kinder chocolates. Love those. We could only get them from him. So he would ship those to us every Christmas. But now we have them in our stores. Um, But I mean, even not even just us with cultural awareness, but when we would go to school, some kids would ask him, they'd be like, do you have microwaves in Germany? And he's like yeah and someone was like do you have Thursdays in Germany like some of the questions that people would ask 
and we grew up in a really small, like rural town. So we didn't have much cultural exposure. I mean, 98% of our school was Caucasian. So even just diversity in the United States was something that we didn't have exposure to um, in our school. So having someone from a different country with an accent and just someone with a different um, upbringing was so interesting and cool to see. For somebody who's maybe thinking about, you know, participating in an exchange program like that, um, is Mm -hmm. there anything you could say to maybe encourage them to do so? Absolutely. I know it's, it's really hard right now with COVID and everything. I know some schools have even put the program on hold, which is heartbreaking. Um, it's definitely something that your family all has to want because you're welcoming someone into your home for a long period of time. And, you know, it can be as much or as little of a financial responsibility as you want it to. I think some people have this idea that it's going to cost so much money if we do this. Um, you know, they have the understanding when they sign up that they're coming to another country and their family is there to help them fund and they're going to be sending them money every month to help them pay for their food, for their clothes, their lunch money, any sports fees that they have to have. Um, but you know, my family, we, we celebrate Christmas and it was our choice. We decided to, you know, buy him some Christmas gifts, but it wasn't something that was expected. So it's kind of just like what you make of it, but it is, it is a priceless experience and we still to this day keep in contact with all three of the exchange students we've had and we've even had their families invite us to their country and they've hosted us and have kind of returned the favor and it's been a really amazing experience. That's so cool and that sounds like a really great way to connect with people, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Now that if you go to Germany or Italy, you know, maybe you have a place to stay or a tour guide yeah. in a sense, you know, for that area. Yeah. So that's, that's really, really cool. Um, yeah. now talk to me a little bit about, you mentioned that you took your first major trip, you said in, when you were a freshman in college, right? Or high school? Yeah. College. Uh, college. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that trip. Where did you go? What did you do? How did it change yeah. you or affect you? So that trip was through a company called EF which is also the same company that we hosted our exchange students through. And um, we went to England, Ireland, and Wales. I think it was about two weeks long. Um, but we started out discuss or like we started out um, before we even went on the trip having meetings to get to know the group because it's group travel with students. And I was an adult traveler, but I was still able to go on the trip. Um, So we would get together, we would get to know our group because this was someone we were going to be sitting on a bus with and staying in a hotel with for 12 days. So um, once we left and we went on the trip, we started out in Ireland and we stayed there for, I want to say a week. We started out in a little town called Killarney and it was more of the rural side where you got to see the beautiful cliffs and all of the green grass and the thatched cottage roof thing, which was really neat. And then we ended up going over to Dublin, which was more of our city exposure. We got to go to the Guinness Distillery Brewery and um, get to kind of see kind of the more city life over there. And then we went to London, England, which was super awesome. Um, And then Wales, we just kind of drove through there. We didn't do much there. We did do a ton of castle tours um, in both Wales and Ireland. So that was really cool. So what was your, uh, I guess going in, this is your one of your first major trips, and you're going with a group of people you 
maybe you don't really know. What was your thoughts going in? Were you nervous? Were you excited? This was something like kind of new for you. Yeah, I was definitely, I have to say, like a little bit nervous, but very excited. But um, the way that things were set up, I felt very safe. It was easy to stay with my group. I felt very prepared for the trip, and I felt like I knew everything that was going on, which was really great. Awesome. I want to ask you a little bit about Ireland, because that is actually a place that I have covered on this podcast. Did you yeah. did you love Ireland? Were you like me? Did you absolutely love it? I absolutely loved it. It was so beautiful. It rained a lot, which is normal over there, they say. Yeah. Um, but it was, we did, um, what was it called? The Ring of Kerry? We drove the Ring of Kerry over there, and that was where we got to, like, stop on the bus. And we didn't really, like, do anything, but just the pictures and, like, the scenery that we got off and we saw, like, it it was, I can't even, I don't even have words for it because it was just gorgeous. And uh, being in the, I don't know what part you went to, but being in the more rural part, we noticed, one of the things that we noticed was the houses and, like, the lifestyle that people had were just, like, small cute little homes and like they said people don't need these big huge mansions like you see here in the United States and it was just so quaint and like unique and just a really cool thing to see. Do you remember that first person that was your guide for your trip? I do I remember I remember my tour guide and I could never say his name I I couldn't say it he he traveled with us all through England Ireland and Wales But I also remember our bus driver because that was a trip where we drove to each country. Um, And he was our bus driver the entire time that we were on the trip. And he he played the um, what's that thing called? Is it the accordion? And like every time that we would get off the bus, he would sit on the bus and he would play his accordion. And it was just the cutest thing. It was so cool. Um, But my my favorite tour guide that I remember was the one that uh, led us through Australia she just got very close to us and and it was it was just a really cool experience cuz they are traveling with you from the minute that you get off the airplane and you get through customs they're waiting for you at the airport and they take you home to the airport and they walk you to the last point that they're allowed to go they're flying with you from country to country if you're going to multiple countries they're in the on the bus with you. They're in the plane with you. They're staying in the hotel with you, and they're with you every second of every day, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm gonna throw out my opinion and see if you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. A really good tour guide or tour director can either make a trip good or bad for a group. You know, if you have a really energetic, knowledgeable tour guide. It's going to be a better trip for everybody. But if you have a, a tour guide that's really not on it or maybe not knowledgeable, then it, it you know, you might see the, the world in a different way, so to, so to speak. So, I mean, do you feel the same way? Do you think the tour guide is a really important piece of a group trip? Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Um, and there's a lot of flexibility, at least on the trips that I go on, that there's time for a free time if you if you plan accordingly for it or you don't get free time and you only get to do what they have planned for you and I remember our Australia going back to that our tour guide for there she was the fastest walker man she was just like we're going we're going we're going to be on time and she she got us to everything that we wanted to see she knew people so she's like technically like you're not supposed to be down here unless you're a worker but I know people and I'm going to get you down here and I'm going to show you this really cool 
tunnel in the bottom of this church. And she had her connections because she's been doing this for so long. She knew what she was doing. She knew how to time our tour so that we could get that free time to go do our own exploring. Whereas if you have a tour guide that's just like, eh, we have to get to our appointment at three o'clock. We're just going to take our time. We're just going to walk nice and slow. Then you don't get as much of that experience. So it's definitely the tour guide makes up a good portion of the experience that you're going to get on your trip. I'll get back to my interview with Alex here in a second, but I want to let you know about this really cool virtual event that Kaleidoscope Adventures is putting on. Mark Malkoff, an acclaimed comedian and host of the Carson podcast, is hosting a talk centered around how to get noticed in a virtual world, which is a topic that all of a sudden has become super relevant. After Mark's presentation, he will be doing a Q&A with those who attend this virtual event. This is perfect for professionals, students, really anyone who wants to learn how to grow their personal brand. Check the show notes for a link to register for this event. And because you listen to this show, you can attend at a discounted rate. Enter the code DBE20 and you can attend this event for 20% off. That's DBE20. DBE is all capitalized and the number 20 right next to it. This is a really cool event, and I hope to see you guys there. Okay, back to my chat with Alex. Now, after being a standard traveler on an EF tour, Alex decided she wanted to become a group leader with EF. Alex, what exactly does that role entail? So I collect, you know, the health forms. If I'm taking students who are under 18, I'm collecting all of those those health things, those um, policies since the drinking age is a little higher overseas we kind of have to fill out some paperwork letting the students know hey you're not getting away with too much um and I'm taking all of those insurance papers I'm holding those things I'm making the parents comfortable um and then once we get off the plane I'm in charge of doing those room checks making sure everyone's in their hotel room at night but my tour guide is still going to be there waiting for me so that I'm not leading kids through Thailand completely lost so do you do any kind of like maybe a Skype or not a Skype, but maybe a Zoom meeting with with families before the trip to answer any questions or anything like that? So in in COVID world, yes, (laughs) I would. Um, Otherwise, normally we do meetings in person because we want to get the parents, you know, we want the parents to get to know me and the kids that their children are going to be traveling with. And we want the kids to get to know each other so that they have people to hang out with on the trip. Um, and it's, those meetings are like mandatory. Like I try to tell the kids, like, if you have a part-time job, I'm sending you this calendar three months in advance. Like you need to ask off for this day. Cause that team, I, I guess team building is really important because you're traveling abroad by yourself without your family. You need to have that close knit group of people who you feel comfortable traveling with, who you want to spend time with. So those meetings are really important. At first, just to get to know each other, and of course, at the end, to get to know actual logistics of the trip. What is the what is the toughest part about being a group leader? Is it maybe getting everyone's paperwork on time, um, maybe getting out information to folks, or is there something else maybe that's a that's a challenging part of that role? I have to say, my my first trip that I was a full full on leader for was this summer which got canceled. So I've gone on other trips 
and I've been the adult traveler that's helped with the students, but I've never been fully in charge. So this past summer, I had everything down to the t-shirts that we were going to get. And then the hardest thing for me, at least in this experience, was figuring out how to handle COVID because it got canceled. So unfortunately, I had to go through and now discuss their options for how to go about you know, refunding or rescheduling or rebooking, which was depressing at the same time because we were all so gung-ho about, you know, traveling and then it didn't happen, so. Remind me if you if you said this already, um, where, where was that trip going to be to? It was going to be to Australia, New Zealand, and Fiji. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, this sure. whole COVID thing with, with canceling and refunding for a lot of people in the travel industry has been a, a really tough thing to deal with. Absolutely. What have you learned from talking to people in relation to like their travel interests? Do you think people are going to be wanting to travel soon in the future once this gets hopefully sorted out? Um, Do you think there's some hesitancy or, or I guess what's the feeling that you've gotten from people in relation to travel in the future? So I've had a really hard time marketing for my trip coming up. Uh, I think mainly because right now there's still such a big question as to whether or not travel bans are going to be lifted. I mean, I in the springtime when they said they were going to cancel school for two weeks, I was like, that's not going to happen. And here we are now not even going back this year. So as much as I would like to think next year that in June of 2021, Thailand is a go, anything is anything could happen. I, I don't know when, you know, safety things are going to be up. I don't know when this COVID thing is going to be, I don't want to say over, but you know, enough figured out that we can comfortably travel without having that question. So me doing these student tours with high schoolers, I can just see right now, right. That the parents are a hesitant to pay for travel because they don't want to lose money if it does get canceled and B um, you know, sending their child to another country during a pandemic is terrifying. Sending them alone without a pandemic is terrifying. So I just think that COVID has really stirred up a big, difficult situation in regards to how people view travel. What about you personally? Like if that Thailand trip or or the Australia trip or, or whatever you had planned, if that was a go, you'd be there. Would you be there? Or are you still a little hesitant? Like if everything was legal and it was like good to go over there, would you go? Um, so I'm not, I mean, I wear my mask out and I, and I take all my precautions, but I'm not that person who is like locking myself in my house because I'm terrified. If I'm going to get this, I'm going to get it. Um, I hope I don't, but I think the only way that I wouldn't go is if, you know, numbers are heavily rising. Like right now I know that Florida is like, there's a big surge in, in cases. And if I had any type of a feeling that there could be the possibility of closing borders or having trouble getting home, if that was a worry, I probably wouldn't go. And to be honest, EF would not let us go because they don't, they, they don't want to have to worry about getting 40 high schoolers back home if there's closed borders. But if EF, has done their research. They have they have offices in so many countries. If their office is like, we are safe here, we are fine here, you guys can come over. I'm gonna trust their words because I will I will do whatever I can to get my travel in because it's worth it. 
it's worth every second of it. Yeah, I totally agree. And and it's it's tough because we have to balance safety. I mean, safety is super important, right? Like we can't mm-hmm. we can't travel if it's not safe. At the same time, travel is valuable. Travel is such a good educational tool, in my opinion. And I think, you know, a world without travel is a little bit, to me, I believe it in some ways could be dangerous, right? Because we're not we're not learning about other cultures. We're losing our human connection with the world. I mean, do you kind of feel the same way? Do you think travel is, I mean, a really important thing for us as humans? Yeah. Um, there was a quote, I don't even remember what the exact wording was, but it was, travel is one of those really expensive things that you pay for where you come back richer than you left. Yeah. Because even though you're spending all this money and it's, it's really hard because most of the people that I market to here, they're like, I don't want to spend that much money. And I'm like, but it's not that much money. Like it, it seems like a lot and a big number when you're thinking about, you know, giving your credit card, handing over that number. But when you're, when you're abroad, you don't even realize how much you're learning until you, till you come home, I think, because being abroad and seeing all of those things, I then come home and I start to talk about travel or I start to talk about something that I'm like, oh, this is common sense. But my parents who haven't been there or my coworkers or my friends who haven't been abroad, they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, well, don't you know? And they're like, no, we don't because we don't travel. So there's this whole like huge section of my brain filled with all of this travel knowledge that I don't even realize I have until I talk to someone who hasn't had that travel experience. It's so weird to think about, but you gain so much knowledge on how the world works and how people live and and just how different life is whenever you step outside of what you know. I totally agree. And and I would even like to make the point that, you know, we're talking a lot about international travel. That's some of the experiences that you had. This could even be on the same degree, you know, if, if somebody doesn't have the finances or the time or whatever to travel overseas, our country is so vast. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. it's huge. And, and even within states, we can do travel and, and see a lot of different people and a lot of different ways of living. So, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think if you can travel internationally, definitely, definitely do it. Um, but even even something as small as, you know, going to a city that's in your state that you've never been to. I think that to me is also a really good learning tool. And man, I just, I really hope COVID goes away so soon because, you know, I just, I just really think travel is important to us as, as human beings and just understanding people better. Yeah, absolutely. So you had mentioned that, I don't know if you remember bringing this up, but you talked about how, one of the reasons you love traveling with EF is because you love to learn and you love to learn about the world. It's interesting because I don't know if you've really listened to this podcast, but one of the questions I always like to ask my guests is, do you consider yourself a student of travel? And if so, you know, what are some things that you've learned along the way? I consider myself a student always in all things because I'm a teacher. So I'm always learning. Um, Along the way, Oh my gosh, there's so many things I've learned. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned, oh man, that's a big, that's like a hefty question. 
I, I think the biggest thing that I've that I've taken away from any type of travel that I've done, whether it be close to home or far away, is how how different people live. Like I just assume that you know, here in Virginia, I grew up in in Pennsylvania, moved to Virginia, so not too far. Like I just assume that this is like how everybody lives. Like you go to school, you go to work, you go out to eat, you come home, you sit on your couch, you know, whatever. But then I travel abroad and I and I see people, for example, when I was in Australia, we traveled to, and, and New Zealand, which is my favorite place in the whole wide world, we traveled to um, a town that was located in a super volcano. So it smelled like sulfur and there were a lot of like hot springs throughout. And we went to an aboriginal town where people were living off the land and they had these like aqueducts dug into the ground because they knew exactly at three o'clock the water levels rose and then they would fill into bathtubs and the water was hot because they were living in a volcano and people would just you know bath out in the community and we didn't see any of that they brought us there before three o'clock but um and then they had holes dug in the ground because the ground was so hot from the like from the volcano that they had like man-made crock pots and they cooked just dinner. They would wrap their food, they would stick it in the ground in the morning and then they would lift it off of the ground at night and the food would be cooked and that's how they ate. So just like the thought of someone still doing that and living like that and being so connected to nature is just something that that I now that I now know is is how some people live and it's so cool to think that there are so many different lifestyles out there that you wouldn't know of if you didn't take the time to either watch a documentary about it on TV or go there or read about it in a book. Yeah. And, and, and I think experiencing it kind of like what you're saying is different than reading it or watching it on TV. There's so much more you get out of actually being there. Um, yeah. What are some things that you're doing now as somebody who loves traveling? Is there anything you're doing to kind of cope with that? You know, not being able to travel is there, are you listening to travel podcasts or reading travel books, anything like that? Um, I'm looking uh, at a lot of just different travel things. I'm I'm looking to add another trip to my schedule for next year. EF has another branch called Ultimate Break, which is for people my age that are from like 20 to 30. And I, I've traveled a lot with taking students, but I've not traveled a lot aside from being with my family by myself, just not having to worry about, you know, taking other people with me and just enjoying it and soaking it up. So I'm looking into going to Africa next year and I've just been searching like where to go. And I've been doing a lot of Googling. Um, and I've been keeping in contact with all of my exchange students, kind of texting them and seeing how things are over on their end. One of my exchange students just graduated and got his first job at a law firm. So I do a lot of FaceTime with them and WhatsApp and just kind of keeping in contact with them and stuff like that is helping me cope. <laughs> yeah. Now, Alex, I want to ask you, you work for, yeah, or you do tours with EF. Um, mm -hmm. How can people travel with you? If someone wants to take a tour with you, how does that work? So when I book a trip, I get a unique URL that takes me to the page where people can sign up and anybody can sign up. Um, depending on how old you are, you may need to have a parent present. If you're, I think it's, if you're under 14 or 13, you need to have an adult. But if you are 65 and you want to go on this trip, you can. Um, 
when you click on the link, it takes you to like the tour overview and says, you know, here's where you're going. Click here to see the itinerary of everything that we have planned for this trip. Um, it gives you kind of a breakdown of the cost and what you'll be getting for what you're paying. Um, and it also has the dates there just to make sure that there's all the planning, which is really nice because it's user friendly and it's kind of self-explanatory where if people have more questions, they can reach out to me. But a lot of those questions are already preloaded onto the webpage for them to see. Very cool. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, again, I really, really appreciate you coming on to talk about travel. I think it's one of the funnest things to talk about in the world because you and I both love travel. So thank you so much. And we'll make sure to include in the show notes the link uh, to travel with you. And um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. There is a good bit in the show notes, so let me tell you about it. First and foremost, if you want to take a trip with Alex as your group leader, I'm including a link. At the very least, go give it a click. She would love to have you join her on a really cool 14-day trip to Thailand. Be sure to also check out the links to try Amazon Prime free for 30 days and to go get your podcast launched through Buzzsprout. And last but not least, guys, I'm telling you, this virtual event with Mark Malkoff is going to be absolutely fascinating. Please go register for that and use the code DBE20 so you can knock off 20% when you register. Wherever you are listening to Destinations Beyond Expectations, thank you so much. Go hit that follow or subscribe button and tell a friend. That is all I've got for this week. I will talk to you soon. Destinations Beyond Expectations is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Adventures. If you need help planning your next student group trip, Kaleidoscope Adventures is the name you need to know. Visit them at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337 when you're ready to plan your next school trip. Again, that's www.mykatrip.com or call them at 800-774-7337.